Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Linda, an occupational therapist from OK Therapy. Linda shares ideas for helping kids to settle back into school and transition to high school. She also shares tips to support kids that are finding it difficult. This interview is also a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have with me Linda. She is an OT and she is based here in Geelong and she works for OK Therapy. Welcome, Linda. Thanks, Ram. Oh, it's so good to have you and to have your wisdom about heading back to school and all the routines that we need to get in check. So let's start with you telling us a bit about yourself, things you like to do maybe in your free time. Well, if you mm. have a bit of free time. Yeah, well, free time, <laughs> that'd be nice. Um, I have two kids, uh, 14 and 8. So um, free time is usually spent doing things with them. But we do like our time together, so we spend lots of time at home playing board games and hanging out. Um, I personally love going for walks and um, exercising and spending lots of time with my friends and go for coffee. And um, So that's my, you know, list of things that I like to do oh, <laughs> when I'm you. not busy with everything else. <laughs> when you're not working, that's the thing, isn't it? So there isn't much spare time, but that spare time you have time yeah. Yeah. to enjoy the outdoors and walking. So tell us about an OT. What is an OT? Because I'm sure there's people who are listening who are like, what does OT stand for and what do they do? Yes, OT, occupational therapy or occupational therapist, depending on which context we're using it in. Um, it's a great question and it's a question that um, I think we ask a thousand times a day and people ask of us um, because it can encompass so much. But occupational therapist comes from the word occupation. And um, an occupation is anything that people do throughout the day from waking up to going to sleep at night. So um, we look at a lot of things, obviously, in that context. Um, so I um, have worked in lots of different areas over the years. I've been, I think, over 20 years since I'd graduated um, and currently working as a in the paediatric space. So um, that is even bigger in some ways because kids need lots of support, right, and parents. Um, So that's where I've been for about the last seven years Um, and we are predominantly working um, with children with neurodiverse backgrounds. Um, So um, a lot of of diagnoses of um, autism, ADHD, intellectual disability, um, but uh, so we're support, not only supporting the kids, but we're also supporting the families and their carers. Um, so, yeah, when you look at someone's occupation, we're starting with when they wake up and how they get ready in the morning, how they get dressed, how they have their breakfast, brush their teeth, pack their school bags if they're at school, um, get to and from school, uh, engage in their daily activities. Um, so obviously a lot of that is for our school kids being at school. Uh, engaging with their friends, handwriting, um, but we also do kinder um, and littler ones as well. So that's just all play-based um, intervention there. So, um, yeah, massive. 
there is, isn't it? And that's yeah. the thing. If you've never been involved, you don't realise how much there is to people's yes. lives at a young age because you do think of occupation, you know, nurse, doctor, that type of thing. That's is, correct, yeah. like their job. An a adult, job, yes. a job, not as in just daily living really, isn't yes. it, when it comes yes. to children. So, so yeah. we tend to um, we break it down into like, a, a per, as you said, activities of daily living, um, but we sort of look at a pers- the personal activities of daily living. So that's sort of self-care, um, you know, feeding, sleeping, toileting. And then um, there's the domestic sort of side of things, which is obviously, you know, getting organised, making beds, um, preparing food, if they're doing housework um, in that aspect. Um, And then um, community-based ADLs, so obviously being out in the community and that can encompass working or, you know, going to a sporting group, um, being at school. Um, So it does encompass, yeah, from sun up to sundown um, and everything in between is where we kind of look at things. So it's a bit hard to just to define that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, but you've done a great job of defining it and giving the examples of the different age groups and how it encompasses their lives. So which mm-hmm. one do you you prefer, paediatrics? Yeah, I, um, I've worked in lots of different areas. Um, so I started in, in mental health, um, working on a um, psychiatric inpatient unit for about 18 months and then worked in community um, mental health, both adult and um, children's for um, about five years or so. Um, and I've also done some return to work stuff mm-hmm. in there when I moved um, positions and then some aged care. So really huge range. And um, I think that's the beauty of our um you know, being OT is that you can move around to so many different areas, age groups, um, because you know, it's just it's never ending where we can kind of put ourselves really. <laughs> and do you find that 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 even the people that you work with and you've you've worked with in the past that as their they their family around them maybe age and stuff they sort of move with that as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, some people haven't go, go for a niche and stay in mm. it forever, but I I kind of always feel that if if we've got an if you've got an ability to engage with somebody um and do some problem solving because that's what our job entails quite a lot of is problem solving and coming up with new ways of doing things or um, educating people um then you can kind of work in any area um obviously um there's some very specialty areas that um you know you might want to build on but it's really nice to see different ages and support people in different ways and I think um when I first graduated it really was quite daunting working in pediatrics because I knew that children come with parents and families um and so you're not just working with one person um but as I've been a parent um, and I have a neurodiverse child, I suppose I just kind of was like, you know, this is this is a really good area that could kind of work with and and come with an understanding of how difficult it is. Um, but, yeah, people can move around. And even, even working in paediatrics, you can decide that you, you know, want to go from zero to five and yes. do that range or you might want to be you know, the older teens and do sort of transition to employment or leaving school. And Mm. so even in this um, paediatric space, there's so many different areas we can work on. You can, you know, specialise in eating and feeding or toileting or behaviour. Yeah. Um, So it's even even in this paediatric space, it's still a huge range. So give us an example like of 
a particular problem that you've been maybe solving or you've solved in the past and some of the things that you've done to help that family? Yeah, so we would sort of, I would always go through an initial assessment and kind of have an idea of what the goals are mm. um, from the from the parent. So it could be, um, you know, transitioning between, you know, leaving home and getting to school and how that goes. Um, and obviously there's lots of steps along the way and lots of emotions that can kind of come with, with that transition. But maybe just kind of, um, you know, keeping... Uh, the morning routine's quite the same, um, making sure that the children understand what's coming. Um, so doing some, you know, visuals, which you would have talked about <laughs> lots in your yes. podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just giving that pre-warning, okay, well, if this is causing really a lot of distress, then these are the steps we're going to go through this morning. We're putting a picture up um, and letting the child know what's happening. Um, and then, okay, where are we going? How long is it going to take? Um, maybe if it's a car ride that's distressing, we put some, you know, some fidgets or some weighted items in mm. to that car ride. If the noise is too much, yeah, perhaps some earphones to support that, um, or just listening to music and having a sing along um, in the car. So, you know, that can be a really some really simple strategies that will help get that you know, child through in their morning routine and mum or dad and to then get ready for the school day so yeah that's a great example of you know the things that you could put in the car if that's the you know that's the presentation the issue is like getting into the car what can we do what's yeah what's going to reduce that sensory overload isn't it absolutely yeah because it could be you know the car ride could be quite distressing because of all the the visual stimulation going past them in the um in the car or it could be the noise of the car um, yeah. on the road or the car's around them and and I think that um yeah that's that takes up a lot of our time in the days getting the um the the thing that the child is struggling with and going okay what what can we do to help with that <laughs> and we here's do. our go-to strategies yeah yeah but if that right. don't work <laughs> yeah so do you is that probably the part that you enjoy the most that whole problem solving when they come I back and so. they're like yeah and I, and I think um you know, I suppose that's the beauty of working within a, uh, a really supportive team mm. is that you can be like, oh, my goodness, I've tried this, I've tried that, uh, well, you know, where else can I look? And and I, an example, I had this, um, she's now grade three but a grade two little girl um, and we've been, we've gone through some handwriting practice and we've done lots of things and we've tried, you know, um, bolder lines and we tried raised lines and did pencils and, and then one of the girls said, well, have you looked at her visual processing? And I was like, well, I do work on that all the time but I haven't really done a assessment in the, you know, little while. So we looked at it and found out, you know, noticed that she was having a lot of difficulties with uh, um, processing what she was saying. Feedback to mum and she went um, and got an assessment by an optometrist and she oh, wow. has to wear glasses um, oh because gosh. she has a lazy eye and she's got 20-20 vision but her um, ability to process um, was tricky. So we look at lots of, you know, different strategies but sometimes it's just someone going, what about that? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, let's look suggestion. at that now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, yeah. so we do spend a lot of time. Luckily we have long car rides between appointments sometimes and um, <laughs> time to process that. <laughs> and that's the other beauty I think of OTs is the, well, the ones that I've engaged with is that they can come to schools, which takes that pressure off of leaving work, going to get a child and disrupting, you know, a few hours of their day. Absolutely. But coming in, and I know for my children, 
um, they really liked it being at school because that's where they see learning and they're learning new skills. So why not learn those new skills at school? And Absolutely. you get to see the school environment when they were younger and and be able to point out some things to teachers as well about yeah, the environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we do. We spend a lot of time um, between lots of different schools and homes and kinders and um, so it's um, it's nice to be able to go out and see and children in different environments and um, where they spend a lot of time. In this. So then what would be your top tips around transitioning to school over the school holidays? Like from yeah. holidays to now. Like from holidays, oh no, from to now. <laughs> um, yes. In um, term one, really. I know it's really tricky um, and I don't know, you know, as much as you can prepare for it, yeah. um, it still kind of hits you like a ton of bricks um, and uh, it is in our house at the moment, that's for sure. Um, but um, I think obviously lots of, you know, which you've talked about, lots of talk and organisation before school starts and making sure uniforms fit and school bags are emptied and um, hats are available um, and you don't find a makey banana in the bottom of no that's six weeks later <laughs> lunchbox is still there yeah that I'd asked yeah. for from the first week yes <laughs> yeah but I think we have to remember that um school holidays are a long time and kids get a lot um, out of their regular routine and they're also they need to build up back to school fitness a, a little mm. bit so I think just going back to routine I find that I'm going to a visual and letting kids know what's happening. So whether it be a daily schedule, um, which we kind of run at home, um, for us we kind of have like a obviously a monthly plan, but then every day put up what's happening for today. So um, this is, you know, what the day is, what's going on, where you're going in the morning, what's happening after school. Some children benefit from the visuals in the um, their, you know, bedrooms to remind mm-hmm. them of their morning routines um, and as you've talked about, like the bag tags and reminders of what needs to be taken to school every day. And all that does is it it reduces the demand on children to remember. It reduces the demand on parents to be, have you done this? Have you done that? Mm. And if a lot of parents are like me that, you know, work, you get the kids back to work, to school and you're back at work. Um, so mornings are a lot more um, rushed and you don't have as much time. So it takes the pressure off the um, parents as well. And it helps build kids' um, independence by them going, oh, you know, here's my list. Mm. I've done, I've done all this. So I think routines and visuals is really important, and allowing letting kids know what's happening. Yeah, I also think obviously sleep is massive. <laughs> so getting into good sleep habits and making sure you know we have regular bedtime routines, nighttime routines making sure that that's all working um, for the child. And diet, obviously, is another big one. It's not easy with some of these our children. Uh, so, you know, trying your hardest to get them to have good um, eating habits. A lot of kids at the moment have said are out of school, you know, mm. fitness. They come home, they're starving, thirsty. Um, so making sure you're you know, getting good hydration and food into um, into the kids. I also think that we sometimes make an assumption as parents and probably therapists, um, that there will be a really great handover from the previous teacher to the next teacher. And that sometimes happens, but sometimes that doesn't. And I think um, therapists, we really try to get in, you know, get in the face of uh, teachers um, so that we can say, look, this is what worked last year. This is about this child. I always try and do a bit of an all about me with the child either end of the year we put to develop it together or in the holidays um, so that that can go to the teachers and people that are important and involved in the kids' lives. So I think, you know, making sure that 
um, not that we're harassing teachers, but that, that, that teachers um, understand that these are some issues that might be difficult. This is what we're noticing. Um, a lot of kids are really good at masking how they're, you know, um, what's happening in the day. Um, and then they, you know, have those meltdowns um, and will zone out times in the afternoon. So just feeding that back to the teacher and sort of perhaps, you know, could we have a break here or this is where this is tricky in the day. So I sometimes as a therapist will, you know, look at a kid's, um, a child's day and go, you know, where are the where are the moments in your day that are a little bit trickier? Mm. You know, is it recess? Is it lunch? Is it eating? Is it assembly? Is it drop off? So just to kind of pinpoint some of those times as well and putting a bit more support in there. So, and another big one, once we've done all of those million things, is if there is behaviour changes, kind of seeing that as a way of the child communicating that something's not right. So not that they're being they're misbehaving, they're being naughty, lazy, whatever you want to call it, but kind of going, what's going on? Like, mm. you know, this isn't this isn't usual. What can I do? You know, do I need to lean into my therapist? Do I speak to the teacher? Um, and making sure that you're kind of listening to your child with their through their behaviours, um, and that's their way of communicating um, as well. And also remembering that kids want to do things they love. And if that's gaming, then let them game for a bit. If that's yeah. um, playing with their dog, you know, really letting kids engage in those activities that they love and that make them feel good. If that's listening to them talk about Minecraft for a half an hour, talk about <laughs> Minecraft for half an hour, <laughs> put a timer on it. And just remembering that sometimes they need to be involved in those things they love and that make them feel good and that they're good at. Especially after school, isn't it? That's that's that time that I've I've noticed, especially this year, that they really need that downtime. And it was really hard last week going straight back into sport. Sport all seemed to start. It's absolutely sport, you all need to start in two weeks' time. Give us two weeks of school and then you can all go back to your seasons, but not last week. Because I think that was definitely like the spanner in the works for us. It was like, what? And now I've got to go to sport. And it was like, yeah, sorry. Yes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and another big one that's happening in our house a little bit at the moment is some skills that um, the kids have previously been very independent in, um, taking a back seat and they're all of a sudden asking for help and um, can't do it. Um, so I think that just being mindful that that can happen when, you know, the stress on and stresses on us are a bit overwhelming. And so maybe there might be moments with shoelaces that they need help with. Again, packing um, lunches, packing lunches, <laughs> emptying school bags. Exactly. Yes. And I think that uh, that feeds straight back into those visuals is that um, they, you know, parents will often say, oh, they used to have that, but, you know, they never yeah. looked at it. But I think start of the year, Perhaps we need to just you know go back to it, renew them, make them a bit more updated, a bit more funky, put some better pictures, yeah. um, just to remind the remind that give that gentle reminder. I don't think there's any harm in doing that. No, definitely. Like ours is now on the front door as you leave the front door, <laughs> but it's words. But it's like, have you? and it's got the things. Have you packed these things? So they and look, I'm sure if I took them away. They would be like, Mum, where is it gone? But they yes. don't say that they use it. But I'm sure at the moment they're using it without you really noticing. So I know yes. I have clients who say, oh, yeah, we had that when they were younger. It's like, yeah, but you might need it again now. Like, Absolutely. Again. Yes. Because yes. Having like a, you know, a really terrible day, their executive functioning is not working and Absolutely. they can't remember yeah. all the things that they needed to take. That's right. There's a lot of new stuff going in, lots of new teachers' yeah. names and students' names and, you know, where do I put my locker and where do I yes. sit? And there's lots and lots of new things that happen and some of the regular stuff goes out the door. 
So just just like a quick thing about then secondary school, from secondary primary school to secondary school, have you got any um, sort of tips around that? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, I hope so because I'm running a group about it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so should, um, yeah, I think just, re- you know, going back to what is required to be taken to and from school every day, the children, it's all online now, timetables, et cetera. Um, some schools, if you're lucky, they will write it out in normal language instead of PS 47 mm, BPA. Yeah. So assisting your child to do that. So I've done it with both my kids, you know, year nine and year three because you could access there. So just putting, you know, you've got English with this teacher in this room, got a double yeah. period. Um, you know, do you need to take anything extra for that? So uh, colour coding. Yes, I did that. Or like, yeah. yeah. So English is in a pink yeah. folder um, and English is um, in our pink in your timetable. So um, some of the folders you can get now have got the little zippy things around it. So you could put the book, like the, um, you know, writing book in it plus the book they read, um, whatever else they need for that class in it and zip it up. Um, I know that kids have got to take pencil cases and um, folders and laptops and water bottles and a lot. So even getting them a little bag to carry around between classes because if you, you know, struggling with all, with packing things up in um, time and carrying all the things and um, if you're going up and down flights of stairs and pushing, shoving mm. between the hundreds of kids that are around, um, you've got it in a little bag and you're not going to drop it. doesn't matter if you've got a loose piece of paper. Um, I think that's a really... That's a good um, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really beneficial one to, um, you know, make sure that you've got everything you need rather than, you know, lugging it around. Um, So that's a really good tip. And, you know, the same thing, you know, routine, doing your visuals, Mm. good diet, you know, good fluid intake, especially at the moment when it's a bit hot, and getting them into sleep. And, you know, we could start on... um, screen times but we'll leave that (laughs) that's another another whole conversation (laughs) isn't it (laughs) um but again like making sure they're doing doing things they love and not being hurt when they don't want to talk to you you know as a parent not being upset not think taking it personally um but making sure when you know that the children know that you're there for them and that if they need you you'll step up uh, and just making sure they know you're there for them Yeah. yeah Thank you so much, Linda, for your time and for all of those tips. So how can people find, like, OK Therapy? Yeah, well, they can go to our website, um, www.ok, which is okay.com.au, and we're also on um, all socials. Um, so, yeah, we've got um, about 18 staff there now. Wow. So we have OTs and some speech therapists and some therapy assistants as well. So, yeah, we're pretty busy, but um, it's worth reaching out and just touching those with us yeah thank you thank you so much for your time and sharing all your knowledge thank you Nero. thank you so much for joining me for today's simply happy conversation if you find yourself wasting precious time searching for misplaced items and wishing for a more organized life then you need my five minute declutter ebook the ultimate guide to quick and easy organizing solutions for a clutter free and happy home Forget about spending months comarying your house. These fun solutions are designed to give you immediate results in under five minutes. Head over to Simply Happy in the resource section and download your free copy and start seeing results in minutes. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.